So your three-year-old steals all of the cookies, or, or your eight-year-old pushes another kid over at the playground, or your 17-year-old stays out past curfew. What do these three scenarios have in common? They all have in common the fact that parents have a responsibility to do something that helps correct the situation. But we don't have the best notion, at least publicly, what that is. No, but we can talk about discipline and punishment and put our heads together to see what makes sense. That's today's topic. back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. So Steve, so since we typically begin this way, what's new and exciting for you? Um, this is going to sound like a really, really boring answer, but it is not. And what's new and exciting to me is it's springtime, finally. And <laughs> I know that sounds silly. I know it happens at least once a year, right? And But boy, these gray, I didn't grow up where it's so gray, and to have it start to be warm again. Well, 40s are not really warm. Yeah, but they are compared to 17, yeah. It's or three. It's just happy. Yeah. It makes me happy. And so I am delighted that the year is progressing well. I'm saddened by things that have happened during this year that have not allowed it to progress well for others, but I'm hopeful that as spring sets in, people will do better. Yeah. Uh, What's exciting for me, I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this one or not, but um, next week, uh, my daughter's getting married. Your final child. My, my well, my final. Not the, the, not the youngest. Not my, not my youngest, but, but the, the one the biggest the holdout. <laughs> she was a hard, I was thinking about her this, I, 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 I know your kids well as we know, and I adore them. I was thinking, boy, any man who, who marries, this is Caitlin, right? Yeah. Any man who marries Caitlin, I, I admire him, and, and I want to offer my support to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't want to face her in a dark alley. You don't want to mess alley. with I mean, her when she's no. she's, she's She's been the hellion and and uh, but, and also the, the, the princess. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure she'll hear this and oh, she'll cringe. You're telling me they go hand, what a surprise, <laughs> Dr. Barrison Charles. Like, they tend to go hand yeah. in hand. I mean, I, I, you know, she was like both Cinderella, Snow White, and also, you know, like the, the the toughest, you know, D1 athlete that I could ever imagine. And she's a hell of a legislator. Yeah. And yeah, well, she's, well, she, she, she was, she, well, she, yes, and she's now working for a firm. She was on the Ways, House Ways and Means Committee, but, but yeah, she's a good, she's a good lawyer and I would not want to be opposite her, opposite her any day of the week. I mean, but in two weeks, but a young man will be opposite her on the altar. Yeah. And you will walk her down the aisle. I will walk her down the aisle and, um. Yeah, the last, the last of the lot to 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 go. Congratulations! So, thanks, thanks. So it, that's uh, to 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 my knowledge, neither of my daughters are married yet. Just just so you know, I'm not, so well, far. someday, someday. Some but day. but if it happens, you listeners, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> but what are we what are we talking? Well, we are talking about kids today. Yeah, today we're talking about kids. But today, you know, um, we're talking about discipline and punishment. And it, it so happens that it came in uh, from a uh, one of our uh, uh, 
listeners, listeners readers, readers, followers. You know, yeah, that's the term. Uh, came in and said that um, a neuropsychologist. She that 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 we can. We, uh, she gave us her name. I think. Uh, yeah. So Maggie uh, said a friend of mine went to a neuropsychologist for a full neuropsychological evaluation. The child was questioned on discipline methods at home. The parents were not informed the child would be questioned on this. So that raises the whole question of... Um, well, there's no question there. That's a statement. That was a statement. <laughs> right. But the question, I think that um, Maggie... And by the way, Maggie, thank you so much for writing yeah. in. And anybody mm-hmm. else who wants to do that would be awesome. It actually helps us to direct what we're going to talk about. Because we want to know, know what's what, on your mind. Yeah, we want to we know how we can be most helpful. I think the question that's implied here is, is this a typical thing that would be asked? Yeah. If it's not typical, what does one do? And then if it is typical, why do we ask it? The yeah. short answer is, is that in our role as child psychiatrists and psychologists, um, part of our job in getting a full picture of the child's life is to understand, uh, you know, something really important, like, you know, uh, how is, how, how, what, what is discipline like? When you, when you, when you, when, when you do something wrong, when you get in trouble, you know, you know, what happens? You know, what's your experience? And, and that's, you know, because it's part of growing up, and we we ask those questions. See, I I have not experienced that as a parent because my children never make me upset, <laughs> and I've never had any reason to impose any them. discipline whatsoever. Yeah. I've just been lucky that way. But no, of course, this is part of parenting, right? Yeah. Like we we all do this. Uh, I think we and for the record, we did talk to Ellen Broughton, our yep. colleague, who is also part of the Clay Center and also happens to be a neuropsychologist. It's not an unusual question to ask. I think it's probably about the music in which it's asked. Yes. Like how by that, I mean, like, how do you ask it? Right. So how would you like and let's translate it from a neuropsych eval to just an office visit. How would you ask a kid about discipline? And that allow us to kind of make well, our I'd way say, towards you know, discipline I'd say, in general. I ask, you know, like, let, let's talk about how things are done in your family. You know, when you, you know, when you do things real well, I mean, how are you praised and validated or what do you do really well? And, you know, and, and when you get in trouble, you know, what, what happens? Um, uh, you know, how, and how do you deal with it? And how does your, your, your parents deal with and, it? And this differs, at least in my uh, practice, based on age, based on culture. Absolutely based, based on, on age. Because, like, for yeah. example, since I, I tend not to see younger children, I see more teenagers and, and college students. So, uh, but they get in trouble, too. And so I... What, what? <laughs> never. <laughs> never. No. But, 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 you know, it's... I feel that our job is to kind of find out how, how things are done and how you react and how your parents react. And we can come to this, but what are the... Um, what are the what are the situations in which you do get in trouble? What's being done in your family, and how do you respond? And what's the resolution? Well, it's an interesting question because you know, in in the medical world, we often talk about best practices, yeah. right? But here we're talking about parenting. Yeah. And there's such a wide breadth of acceptable ways to parent, and by acceptable, I mean within the kind of normal range of the culture in which we live for which we're not at the very most extreme required to report and at the least extreme might say, hey, you might want to do this differently to to a parent because we think it might work better. But there's a huge breadth. So coming up with uh, best practices, it's no easy task. So there's probably some overarching rules that we can then yeah, like drill the, down like, from. Like if, if a child needs to be disciplined or punished, which sometimes they do, um, one principle is the punishment should fit the crime. Another one well, is yeah, you, that's too too um, <laughs> well. For example, abstract. What do if, you mean? If if it and it should be age dependent. So okay. give me give me an example. Okay, so I'll give you so a toddler mm-hmm. that um, uh, smacks 
a sibling gets a timeout. You know, a three or four year old, let's say, a little beyond toddlerhood. Um, uh, and, and, and the purpose of a timeout is not necessarily punishment, but it's meant to be, okay, stop the music. You sit for three or four minutes, you know, and everything stops. And then, of course, they assume this to be punishment because that's the way they see it as as punishment. But 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 then um, we discuss it. We talk about it afterwards. It's going to be different for a teenager that breaks curfew or that you know uh, does something else which is really you know risky. Um, that's going to be different than than a timeout. Well, out. for a bunch of reasons. One is that you can't really enforce a timeout on a teenager. Right. You try holding a 17-year-old in there. Like, you just can't do it. Let me go back to the three-year-old for okay. a second. There's some important points that, that I love that you brought up. That timeout has, has two purposes. One is it allows the child to kind of consolidate, to pull themselves back together. They were presumably stirred up enough to smack their sibling. Yep. So you would like them to kind of quiet down. And there's, there's data to support yep. this. We also know that during that time, whether we ask them to or not, they are typically thinking about what they've just done. So then it's really important afterwards to help them to think out loud what they've just done, but not in a shaming way because the shame's already taken place, right? Like what you'd like is for that shame, which sets in at an earlier age, to make its way towards guilt, healthy guilt, an internalized view that what you've done is not great and you should figure out what led up to it. And that's what parents should focus on, not the smacking, but what happened that led to the smack. That's for a three-year-old. For a teenager, it's you can translate it in, in a very similar way, right? Because you would like them to feel guilty about having grounded some for life. Rule. Grounded for life's not going to do it, right? Because right. first of all, the, there's too much uncertainty there. You can't right. do it forever. Right. But you could say, uh, well, geez, I remember my folks. The, the I'm disappointed in you. That was the worst. That was and maybe because I, you know, wanted to earn their disappointment. I mean, their their approval mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. But I, you can ground kids. I mean, sure, I, you I can. Think, oh, yeah, absolutely, you can. You can take you can take things away, you that that are meaningful to them. You can say you you know, yeah, it's funny when 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 parents come to me, you know, and and I'm with teenagers especially, and I say, you know, there's, there's this philosopher, John Stuart Mill, and and they the kids start that sounds like their a eyes. great line for a kid to bring him uh, in, and, and, and then they build, roll their eyes, and contact, I say, yeah, and they totally roll their eyes, and I say, you know what he said? He said, with 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 freedom. There's responsibility. responsibility. And the more you're responsible, the more you earn your freedom. And the kids roll their eyes. And I said, you know, this is not a democracy. If you if you violate rules that are important rules about civility, about respect, about kindness, about whatever it is, um, there are consequences. Yep. And, 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 and you've got to be responsible for those consequences. And, and, and it goes in the, I had a sixth grade <laughs> teacher whom I absolutely adored who used to, would we would get angry at his very strict discipline, and he was very strict. He would say, you seem to be under the impression this is a democracy. This is a benevolent monarchy, and I am king. You shall do as I say. And, and he, would, he would say it in this kind of deep Shakespearean voice in the middle of Prairie Village, Kansas, where I went to you know, elementary school. And yet uh, we loved him because he was, uh, without exception, fair. He was always fair. It was the same rules applied to everybody, and they weren't out of line. And, and I can tell you, there's a, there's a, a couple other <clears throat> subtleties to this which are really important, I think, for uh, parents. And that is, is that um, saying no 
is probably one of the first signs of love. When I've worked with... It's one say, of the best things you do for your kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- they'll point to the light socket. They'll point to the cat's tail. They'll point to, you know, some transgression. And they'll, that's one of the first words that they use. And when I've worked with kids who were so-called delinquents that got into trouble a lot, they didn't say, and, and I've done this like years and years ago, but, but they, would, they wouldn't say to me, no one ever loved me. They would say there was nobody there to say, don't cross that line. Don't do that. So you're you're getting kind of perilously close to potentially making it sound like it's the parent's fault that the child's a no, delinquent. No, I know, I know, no. It's 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 more that that they long for involvement. If you really cared about me, you would say, "Don't do that." Right. So I, I'm not going to let you do that without getting away with so it. So they're asking for a fence. They they want a fence around. Yes. Them. They say please. And they, they need the yeah. limits. They need the boundaries. And the other thing, the other principle that I think is really important, is that that the parents give their kids an ability to make reparations, to kiss and make up. That punishments are not basically like a slap on the wrist or you know um, they're an opportunity to say here's a not here's a chance for you to make reparations to apologize, to take responsibility for doing something which is really against what we believe in, and then we can kiss and make up. So that needs to be a part of the process of doling out a punishment or discipline and then resolving it and and, and not letting it just hang there uh, without being resolved. But it's not fair. What do you say to that when you hear that from Mitchell? I'd it's say, not fair. I said what you did was not fair. And let's talk about what would be fair. And, you know, you know, I guess it goes back to another added the golden rule. I mean, you know, uh, would it be fair if someone did that to you? You mean what so you did, what you did, you know, or if you were the parent, mm-hmm. put yourself in my shoes. You know, what would you do? And they'd say, mm-hmm. oh, that's I can't ask that. I mean, the reason I've gotten in trouble when I ask that is they just say, I'd let them go out as long as they want. Right. Because you're asking a teenager. Yeah. They're not ready to be parents. It's not yeah. like so I, I you try that one out, but sometimes it leads you down a hole that no, you got to dig back but, out. But, of. you know, it, it's not fair. Well, it's it's is again, this is not a democracy. You know, there are certain. I just rule, say, no, I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> Like, like literally, well, that's, that's what I one. say. Yeah. I'm sorry that you feel that way. What happened was unacceptable. This is what, and I've helped parents to say this too. Yeah. This is what we've deemed as the appropriate response. And we should talk about how we got there. Yeah. And, and then you don't let it linger. But, give you, me, but, but being available to help them say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Because one of the most important things I think about discipline is taking responsibility for your actions the positive ones when you're not disciplined that you're praised for and the negative ones when you when you when you do something wrong and giving them an opportunity to make amends it's so incredibly valuable i mean think of when you got into a fight with somebody that you love and you make up and you so, apologize to each other there's such strength and power in that in, in that it really makes people connect better there's a whole taylor swift song about that for you know <laughs> Shows how hip I am that I can attest. Um, I am not hip, uh, but let's, let's turn this on its head. There are certain things you should not do when right. you punish someone. There's some very clear guidelines, not because we're being kind of, you know, fuzzy, because the data is really clear. Data are well, really like, clear. Give, give, give me some examples. You shouldn't hit your kid. Okay, um, and that includes spankings. Um, and many of us, including 
myself grew up with spankings. I got spanked. I, re, you know, it was just something that was done. The data has shown without question that that kind of negative reinforcement actually not only uh, doesn't extinguish the bad behavior, but it actually increases the likelihood of mm-hmm. further bad behavior. Right. So it's we can comfortably say, even within the breadth of ways that we've found it to be acceptable as a parent, that it is no longer something that we think is good parenting. Right. That, I, that we can put that in we can our say. And I would say an, another one, given, given what I was saying before about the value of amends and apology and kissing and making up, um, you don't provide a punishment and then uh, abandon the child or go away. Don't give them an opportunity to, to apologize and to work something out. Yep. So you don't just, you don't, you don't punish and, and, and disappear. You, be, you have to remain available to receive the amends, the apology, and, and to resolve the issue. And then you have to let it go. Yes. So a lot, a lot of parents, myself included, will have a hard time after there's been a fairly large transgression with not having it hang over every you know further incident that occurs. Well, you also teach your kids not to hold grudges. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know. no, I mean, by, but you, one of the ways you teach is through example, right? Yeah. By not holding a right, grudge. That's right. And so, so I think if we were coming up with kind of absolute don'ts, one is not hitting your kid, which seems kind of obvious, although it still is a lot of folks say, well, my dad hit me, it wasn't yeah. any big deal. And I actually don't think it was that big a deal when he hit me, but the culture has changed such that today it now would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's, that's an important thing to realize. Two is you don't want to hold a grudge. And three is you never want to do just the removal part of the punishment in the absence of talking about how they got to the transgression right. in the first place. Right. You want to help them understand what led up to it, right. so that they can prevent it going and, forward. And and the thing the thing that that has to do with the you know with, with all of this is that is that discipline and punishment occurs in the context of a relationship, and maintaining that relationship in its ups and downs, highs and lows, praise and punishment, um, is what is what connects us. Well, that. You know that I was just thinking. That's true. You're you're gonna go to your daughter's wedding in a couple of weeks. Yep. I have never been to a wedding where people don't tell stories about the times that their kids or their friends or their best friend, or whatever, got into trouble. Oh, I'm gonna do that in the toast. And did well. Yeah, you, everyone does. <laughs> My toast. Right. So this is this goes into the fullness of a relationship. Exactly. And to act like it's not part of of bringing up a kid. It, that's silliness, right? Like, there's a reason we bring these up in the wedding because they they actually we have these weirdly fond memories of them, assuming everything turned yeah, out and, okay. And, and so, what this brings up, which is a little a little conceptual, a little abstract, is that raising kids to be moral people involves um, a relationship, and that it is part and parcel of a human relationship where we learn morality, we learn concern for others, and we learn how to how to deal with people and how to deal with our own errors and failures it's all relational so that's another way of saying what you're saying and you, know, you, you don't you don't learn morality by the 10 commandments well I mean, you might you, you might you, you learn something they're there and, mean, they're, and they're and they're and, quite and, and valid and, and they're quite and there's not a religion wonderful. on earth that doesn't have some version of the 10 commandments but to make so, them part of yourself yes you need a relationship yep and so that's that's a that's a and if folks, you know, this is the kind of question that stirs people up, which is fine, their kind of topic. Please write us. Let us know yeah. what your thoughts are about it. We we would love to think out loud about it on, on the air here. Yeah. And um, so the way we typically end is um, the news. So I can tell you, um, 
Well, what what stirred me the most is is fairly obvious is the mass shooting in New Zealand. But one of the things that I was um, struck with, besides how horrifying and tragic it was, um, uh, yet another mass shooting, was how quickly and unanimously the country went behind banning assault weapons. Yeah, within days. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and there was no disapproval, even among the gun owners and the hunters and the, um, uh, you know, everybody... It, it, and, and what, what struck me is contrasting that with what we see in our country and in various other countries well, around the they, world. They had had a very strong gun lobby. So I was reading about this. It's just the uh, prime minister said, I don't care. Like they just chose not to listen but at those that, that point. But those in the gun lobby said... We're, well, they, we're, they were beat before they started. Yeah. That's the thing. But, like, they, went, like, but they agreed. Right. It's fascinating that this country of three and a half million could figure or however I think it's close to three and a half million could solve this issue in four days it's remarkable or, or potentially solve. It's, it's tragic that it had to yes. come from this obviously it, what struck me is, is the same kind of thing but then I was thinking this is an awful 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 thing but sometimes this I don't mean for this to sound callous sometimes these news stories take up so much of the airways that we forget that probably you know so many people died of hunger. Like I know this sounds like the sort of old liberal yeah. cry, but this world's just got problems, and we can get re kind of our focus can get put on something, and then hyper focused on that issue, which we need to focus on. Like this is a problem. Mass yeah. shootings are a problem, Absolutely. but they're part of a larger issue, a sort of larger decline in civility. But it also makes us forget the fact that still statistically even though there's some misleading statistics here it's the safest time ever in the history of this planet yeah which is a weird comment but when you look at the number of deaths on murder number of yeah. uh, this is it's never been safer doesn't mean that it's safe for everybody equally though and that's mm -hmm. what we have to keep in mind yeah. so was there anything else in the news that you were struck by this week um I don't think so I, you know Mike Trout is about to sign some ridiculous contract for like Ten gazillion dollars to hit a ball out of the park, and I love baseball, but boy, I worry when you start to spend ten gazillion dollars to hit a ball out of the park. But I don't, that's not even news anymore. That's just what the market will bear. Right. You know? Right. So. Well, thanks a lot for listening. And as Steve pointed out, do send in your questions and comments, and and uh, uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Gene Bereson, and I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>